0: Good afternoon, my AOWs. I'm so thankful that you've chosen to spend the next 20, 30 minutes with me. And today we're going to be talking about feeling tired. Yeah, feeling tired. Because who isn't feeling tired, exhausted, drained of energy? Ah, we're talking about fatigue. Let's do it. welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. As you guys know, I get so much of my inspiration from my patients. And one of the topics that continue to come up today, and actually very commonly, is fatigue. Fatigue is just like this blanket statement of just like, I am so tired. Like we feel physically tired. Is it physically tired? Are we emotionally tired? Look, it's probably both. But fatigue really affects women's quality of life and women's life in general. Fatigue leads to a lot of downstream problems. It could be lack of motivation, brain fog, trouble with concentration, memory, productivity, enjoying your friends and family, literally wanting to get dressed and go out and do something, whether that's exercise, garden, or shop. If you're fatigued, you don't really want to do anything. So the first thing when I'm breaking down fatigue is I want to talk about the W's, the why, the when, and the how. And in the second part of this, I'm going to give you some tips and tricks on how to beat fatigue non medical lifestyle. I also want you to know this is a little bit of a sneak peek of some of the things that are in my new book, which I think we've actually landed on Unlocking Your Menopause Type, which is only gives me a smile because that was the kind of original title that I decided on. But then when you sell your book, your manuscript, uh, the publishers get the rights to change the title, weigh in on the title, and after going back and forth, I think we've landed on Unlock Your Menopause Types, which is really, really cool. And in the third, Part of the book. What we do is basically go through symptomatology after you've figured out your menopause type, go through the symptomatology with some really cool and neat lifestyle um, and uh, non medication options that you can incorporate into your life. So, as a little bit of a sneak peek of what part three of my new book is going to be like, if you don't already follow me on my socials, I'm at Heather Hirsch, MD, and you can hear all about what's going on with my book. So let's talk about fatigue. I said I wanted to start with the Ws. So why are you feeling fatigued? When are you feeling fatigued? And how is it affecting you? This is really, 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 really important. So let's start with why. Well, you probably don't know why you're feeling fatigued on the surface level. But when you go to your doctor and start to describe it, I want you to kind of think about like, why do you think you're fatigued? What is your Yes, this is really helpful because you may be wrong, you may be right, you may not know if you're right or wrong, but it's going to kind of lead you to like that gut instinct of like, why do I think that I am fatigued? Is it my sleep? Is it my diet? Is it my work? Is it the emotional energy that I expend with my family? I want you to start thinking about why you might feel fatigued. Could it be my medications that I'm taking? Could it be the combination? Could it be too high? Could it be too low? Could it be too much synthroid? Could it be too little synthroid? Do I need to check my iron? Do I need to check my whatever? I want you to kind of think about why you might feel fatigued. This is going to give you a little bit of ownership over this and really kind of help you kind of tease out a little bit because you might be like, my sleep does suck. Hmm could that be why I'm fatigued? Yes. My job is emotionally exhausting. I am taxed. When I get home, I want to do anything. Could it be my job? Yes. So I want you to start with thinking about why. Why do I feel so fatigued? If you don't know, you don't know. That's why you're going to go to your doctor or your healthcare provider and start working through it. But I want you to come in with a guess. This is really, really helpful. Next, I want you to think about when are you fatigued? This is also really important for just overall knowledge of you being your best version of yourself. So are you really fatigued right when you wake up and you get better if you move around or after you eat? Are you fatigued in the middle of the day, that like 2, 3 p.m. slump where you feel like you need to reach for chocolate or sugar? Or for me, it's like binging TikTok. Um, Is it the end of the day when you get home from your work and you just mentally unload and you can barely unload like a dishwasher? you know, when do you feel fatigued? That's also helpful as part of the why, because you kind of want to see, can you connect them? Are there anything that you you find uh, that's a pattern? So here's an example. Um, let's say you feel fatigued all the time. I don't know why I started with that one. Let's say you feel fatigued all the time. I want you to kind of dissect this a little bit. I'm going to kind of make you sort of think, is there a time where you're more fatigued? Or even if you're fatigued that you feel like going to the gym or seeing your friends or you're, are you productive at work? So you know, but then it's sort of like the when. How about if you go on vacation? Hmm, are you as fatigued? Could it be that if you're away from your job? Um, so what about on the weekends? Are you less fatigued? What about in the mornings? What about in the evenings? It says a lot about what might be triggering the fatigue. And again, it could come up with a dead end and it's not helpful, but I do want you to think about why do I think I'm fatigued and when am I the most fatigued? And then I want you to think about how is it affecting you? This is not H doesn't start with a W, but it's in that whole W questions. Like, how is it affecting you? So how is it affecting your quality of life? Because this is really important. It sets the stage for the severity of this. And also, I like to use these examples to come back to you later on when we're trying to subjectively see if you're better, to look at your old examples. So an objective measurement with something like hypertension and blood pressure is really easy. Okay, your blood pressure is 150 over 110. We need to start you on a blood pressure medication. You come back six weeks weeks later, it's 125 over 75. Great. But when you're looking at fatigue, sometimes it's hard to measure. You know, there's no like scale or like Blood pressure of fatigue per se, so you have to go by how it's affecting your life and see if those pieces can be improved. You know, it's it's great if all of a sudden you go from zero to a hundred and you you know you or a hundred to zero and you have no fatigue anymore. But it's more realistic that we chip away at it and make it better and you work around it. I.e., by knowing when you're most fatigued, but how it's affecting you can be really helpful. So for example, I've already actually stated a couple. I don't want to be social anymore. I don't want to go out with my friends. I barely want to talk on the phone. Oh, I'm actually missing important uh, social events and I'm not no longer communicating with those loved ones. Okay. I can see where that's affecting your quality of life. I'm missing work. I'm not getting to work on time. I think that I'm going to be fired because of these issues. Okay, fair. I'm doing really poorly at work. I can't function. I can't answer questions. I'm not as productive. I'm not as fast. Okay. Um, you know, I I, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to exercise and I'm gaining weight and I think that this is the problem. Okay, fair. We list that, we note it, and now we know a little bit about, you know, how this is affecting your quality of life, when it's happening, and kind of like what your guess is. All right. Now, to have a really successful, problem-focused doctor's visit, what you need to do is call your doctor's office and say, I want to set up a visit with my doctor about fatigue. And that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> I think I talked a little bit about this in my last episode, which is on medical gaslighting. But a trick, if you're not a healthcare provider, is to not bring this up at your annual exam or bring up something as as generalizable and broad and you know significant as fatigue when you're trying to squish a bunch of things together. Does the healthcare system make that always possible? No, the healthcare system is uh, got a lot of problems in and of itself. The annual visit is actually, absolutely the worst time to probably bring it up because on the flip side, your clinician has a list of things that you have, they have to get done for you and they don't have the bandwidth to jump into something as big and as broad as fatigue in an annual visit. So, you know, you really want to make a problem focused visit for this. You want to set yourself up and your clinician for success. So you both have 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it may be to actually work through the fatigue. All right. So the first thing that I want to think about when I think about fatigue is what is going on in your daily life and particularly and most importantly for midlife women is your sleep. Your sleep is your reset button. If we don't sleep, we are fatigued and most women in midlife do not sleep great. I have tons of podcasts on sleep. I did one with Dr. Valerie Cacho. You can scroll back and listen to that one. It's really, really good. And I did a solo podcast about protecting your sleep and really going over my sleep hygiene tips. But I do want you to think about what am I doing for my sleep? How much am I sleeping? How good is the sleep that I'm actually getting when I'm quote in bed? Um, How do I feel when I wake up? You really got to first examine your sleep. And if you can track that and bring that information into your doctor, you're also going to be set up for success. And the second thing is what am I eating during the day? Food certainly can contribute to fatigue. And I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because there are many, many nutritionists and gurus on, you know, stabilizing your insulin and slowly digestible foods and blah, 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 blah. But I want you not to think about like, okay, what should I do, Heather? Just start with thinking like, when am I eating? What am I eating? And how do I think maybe that's affecting it, right? That's part of the like, why? Why could this be happening? So I really want you to think about your sleep and your diet now. I'm gonna jump into like some of the things on my you know lifestyle list here to combat fatigue there are certainly you know medications that can help um specifically in making sure you're getting good quality of sleep you know hormonal support in terms of estrogen progesterone testosterone we talk about that all the time here on my podcast of course if you have an endocrinopathy like a thyroid disorder or an autoimmune disease or a connective tissue disorder certainly i'm not saying like let's just jump right to you know um magically getting better sleep and all of our problems will wash away and there couldn't be anything medical. No, absolutely not. But those are all things that you should know about your health history and you can continue to discuss with your doctor. But what can you do in the meantime to work on your sleep, your fatigue holistically? I guess Freudian slip. Sleep is just so crucial here. So the first thing that you can do, and You know, these are not rocket science. You might, you know, think like, wow, you really could have thought about something a little bit better here. But the first thing you want to do is move. Not like actually move to a new location. That will make you more fatigued. Trust me. Um, But move your body. I have started to replace the word exercise with movement. I find the word exercise tends to be triggering. I think of like, you know, the 80s and 90s, like leotards and like just going to the gym when I absolutely didn't want to and like making myself do something in there, and then leaving. Uh, that can still be what you like if you like the gym and t- totally all the power to you, but movement. I want you to Move movement fights fatigue. The problem is that we're too fatigued to move. And we get in these slumps where we haven't moved in a long time. And by moving, I mean, purposefully, purposely moving for the purpose of helping you feel better. And, um, you know, so a lot of people say, well, I walk a ton at work or I nanny and I'm on the floor with kids. I'm playing with them all day. That's not what I'm calling purposeful movement. That is movement for someone else <laughs> it has to be for yourself. Exercise, I know I use the triggering word, does fight fatigue. And so here's my trick. If you are one of those folks that's like, I've been in a slump for so long, I'm too tired to even move, I challenge you to a 10 to 20 minute walk before or after dinner every day. That's all I want you to do. You're not going to burn out from that. It doesn't even have to be that fast paced, although like, you know, picking up a wee bit. But I want you to just start with a 10 to 20 minute walk. Almost every day before or after dinner, or if you're a night shift worker in the morning. this is gonna do a couple things, okay It's going to give you this um, moment to reset your brain and it's also going to help your blood flow and help with the fatigue by getting all the uh, for lack of a better word just stagnant stuff inflammatory proteins and molecules and a bunch of biochemistry words that I could say moving around your lymphatic system your blood system, your blood flow etc so I want you to you know first move your body around in a purposeful mo- mo- purposefully moving just for you uh, two it also allows you to kind of um relax, or uh, reset your prefrontal cortex. Your prefrontal cortex, that's the part of the brain that's the decision-making manager of your body, and it is exhausted. It is exhausted because society demands way too much of us. It's no surprise we're all fatigued. We live in basically an unrealistic world where we're expected to perform all the time, and we don't value rest. Welcome to my TED Talk on fatigue. But it's going to allow you to get a little bit of a prefrontal cortex break and it's going to tell yourself that you have time for yourself which is something that women do not do very often so if you like to hike if you like to do yoga if you like to do zumba if you like to swim if you like to do crossfit i don't really care uh, for me it's my peloton it's 20 minutes a day and every single day i go down there not every single day let's not be let's not be serious let's be serious most days of the week i'm like this is for my mental health this is for my mental health and that is the main reason i get on my peloton and i do a 20 minute ride It is for my mental health and to fight the chronic fatigue. So if you really are in a slump, I challenge you to that, you know, afternoon walk. And then once you start to feel like, oh, that's like really helped, you'll look back and say, after that week or two, I do actually feel like I got a little bit better of a grip. Okay, then keep stepping it up and go do what you like. All right, the next one is um make sure you drink water throughout the day. I put these back to back, exercise, move, and drink water because in my book, as I was doing a lot of research on the symptoms um, and how to treat them with, you know, lifestyle and supplemental support, literally moving and drinking water was the answer to everything. You know, we're chronically um overworked and underhydrated, basically. So drink more water. Need I say more? I'm going to go to the next one. Sorry. Another thing that I found really helpful that I've started to do is breathing exercises. So a little bit like meditating, but more like breathing exercises. If you have an Apple Watch or, you know, you can use sort of like the meditation app on there or sorry, it's called the mindfulness app and you can set it to do some breathing exercises. It's really really helpful. We just don't get to reset ourselves during the day. So breathing to help to invigorate yourself can feel like this. This is an exercise that I learned. Breathe in for the count of two. One, two. Breathe out for the count of two. One, two. And then breathe in for three. One, two, three. Breathe out for three. And keep going until you hit probably about five. I'm one of those people that I feel like has like a small lung expansion area. So when I get to five, I feel like that's enough. But doing that every time you need basically a rest is really helpful. So I want you to think about um, adding in some different breathing exercises. I also want you to pace yourself. You know, I've hinted at the fact that we live in a world that sort of sets unrealistic expectations about what our levels of energy should be, particularly. As we go through different parts of our lives, particularly if we're women related to our hormones, right, or leading up to our menses, after our menses, pregnancy, postpartum, um, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, like these things aren't taken into account, but there really can absolutely be a cyclic nature to your level of productivity or, or or or, you know, how energetic you feel or how fatigued you feel. So again, that's part of the why and the when I want you to see, is there a cyclic pattern to your fatigue? especially if you suffer with perimenopause, PMDD, uh, honing back on that. But pace yourself when you need to. Are you overbooking yourself? Are you delegating things? Are you saying no? You need to safeguard your energy. You need to safeguard your energy. This really is a broader topic I'm happy to get into, which is basically how I decide what things I want to do and what things I don't. And I need to make sure that if I'm going to do it, that the energy that I'm going to input is going to come back to me. And I've started doing this only as I've gotten a little bit older and as I've realized how much emotional energy fatigues me. I did a whole podcast also on caregiver strain, which if you feel like the emotional energy that you're spending is a part of the reason you feel fatigued, go back and listen to that caregiver strain episode, because I don't think we really factor in how much emotional energy literally drains our body of energy. So I want you to safeguard your energy and only spend time on the things that is going to give you energy back. Now, we might not all have the luxury to be able to do this, but it can come down to maybe not work yes or no yes I'll do that no I won't do that but it could come down to how you want to spend your time off work? Do I want to go to this party? Do I want to stay out late? Do I want to drink alcohol? Do I want to, whatever it might be? So I want you to really think about what does fatigue you and safeguard your energy as if it is a monetary value, <laughs> because basically time is money. And when we're fatigued, you know, the difficulty with it is we feel as though, you know, it takes away from the things that we want to be productive doing. So I think that you know there are some other things that you can do in terms of like you know downsizing your meals or eating smaller meals or eating more frequently, frequently making sure you're eating good amounts of protein and other essential nutrients like potassium, magnesium, foods like nuts, yogurts, beans, lentils, fruits, fish. But I really want to go back to my original thesis here, which is you know I think that we do have uh, overestimated what someone should be able to achieve, and that we don't account for naturally fluctuating levels in energy. We don't account for the hormonal cycle in terms of energy. We're losing a lot of sleep and we're probably eating more processed foods, even though I didn't wanna kind of go down that rabbit hole too much. I wanna make sure you're moving. I wanna make sure that you are drinking plenty of water. I wanna make sure that you do things to help you feel invigorated, whether it's breathing patterns, meditating, etc. I want you to make sure you stay Safeguard your energy, delegate and pace yourself. And also talk to your doctor. You, you might need labs, you might need blood work, you might have an endocrinopathy, you might have a deficiency, you might have a disease you didn't know. And I wanted to give you a good sort of overview of how you can really talk to your doctor about that. So, guys. We did it. I hope this was really helpful as I always do. The main reason I do all of my podcasts is because I wanted to be able to extend the office visit outside of those four walls. I wanted to be able to continue to have a conversation and a discussion and a discourse with you and really give you some more resources so you can really feel as though you can thrive and improve your health in midlife because I know that you can. If you love the show, thank you so much for listening. I love, you know, getting comments and, um, Uh, reviews on um, iTunes. So if you have a second, please go ahead and do that. If you love this show, share it to a friend, just click that little share link. You can text it right to her. And I look forward to seeing you guys next week. You can also follow me over on all of my platforms. I'm at MD, and uh, active on YouTube at Health by Heather Hirsch. All right. Enough of the self promo. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. episode.